This is The Good List. I'm Tish Oxenreiter. This is an idea. So friends, this is a different sort of episode than what we usually do here on the pod because I don't want to do the usual right now. If you're like me, you've been in mourning at what all is happening here in the U.S. these days, and yet perhaps some scales have also been lifted from your eyes regarding racism and how systemic it is and how it is not left in the 400 plus years since Europeans first came to this part of the world. And you're not sure what to do with all your feelings. Well, in this episode, I'm chatting with my local friend here named Alicia Baptiste. She and I work together, and she's one of the kindest, most gracious, wisest people in my life right now. I'm very, very grateful for her. And I think she's someone you need to listen to as she shares thoughts on what to do with all the uncomfortable feelings you're feeling right now. Hello, Alicia. How are you? Hi, Tish. Hello. It's funny. I'm saying hi, but I've seen you all day and for the past three days. So yes. I'm pretend hello. But um, yeah, for people who don't know, and I said this already in the introduction, you and I are friends and work colleagues in the Austin area. So um, we know each other in real life, which doesn't always happen with the people I talk with on the podcast. But I wanted you to be on the show because we've had really good discussions lately and um, you are, I don't know if you're a leader in Be The Bridge or if you are a community volunteer, I don't know what your position is, but you've had really great things to say lately um, to our community. So I just wanted to, I don't know, pass the mic to you so that we could talk about this on on a much bigger scale for the listeners of this show. So um I don't know. Why don't you start us off with, I don't know, just some of the wisdom you have dropped lately. (laughs) (laughs) Well, no, I'm not a leader with Be The Bridge. Um, I um, have been a part of the Be The Bridge organization just as just engaging in conversation, learning from, they have just a wealth of resources. And um, and I've just um, used those resources to really educate myself, to really understand more about the injustice that, um, and, and, and really racism that I've experienced and others in my family and the black community have experienced throughout the years. Um, and really, you know, as a black person, it's not like I'm not aware that there's racism. It's something that is, you know, you and I have talked about this. It's the water that we're all swimming in. And so, I know it's there, but I don't, I don't necessarily understand how things um, became the way that they are. And I think the Be The Bridge resources really helped me to understand just the, it kind of, I guess, took away the fog of like, okay, I, it's like you're walking in a fog and you're getting poked and you're like, who's poking me? Where's it coming from? You're turning everywhere, trying to figure out where's the poke coming from and Be The Bridge and they're their educational materials kind of takes the fog away. And it's like, Oh, okay. I now I see where the poking's coming from. It's very mm-hmm. clear. Oh, it's that, it's that, it's that. Mm-hmm. So, um, 
and it really validates your experience as a person of color mm-hmm. because you find yourself walking in life constantly second guessing yourself. Mm-hmm. You know, you ex- you have an experience and you're like, okay, was that were they is that because I'm a black woman or what are you know? And so um, I tend to be one that tries to give people the benefit of the doubt all the time. So I'm like. Okay, they probably would. Um, they they probably maybe they were just having a bad day. So, um, but yeah, the materials really helped me and, and really validated some things that I just saw and experienced myself. Yeah. Okay. Well, you know, one of the reasons I thought of you uh, for this week's episode is because among the people that I interact with online, one of the most common um, responses to everything happening right now in our country is. I wish I knew what to do or what can I do? Um, and I would, I would wager a guess to say most of our listeners are white and are probably white middle-class women. And these are white middle-class women who care deeply and really want to do the right thing, but they feel stuck. And I know you have shared some of your thoughts and I, I have found them so profoundly wise. So what would you say to someone who really does have a good heart about this and wants to do something, but doesn't know what to do? Okay. Lots of thoughts on that. Um, I guess the first thing I would say is welcome. <laughs> um, you know, it's, it, I've, there's a, there's a sense of conflict that I have, and I, and I've seen, I've seen and heard that same sense of conflict from other blacks when, um, when their friends or acquaintances, you know, they're posting now and they're expressing this, Oh my gosh, um, what do I do? What do I do? What do I do? And so there's, there's, there's a part of you that's like, yay, finally they're getting it. We've been saying this for a long time. And then there, there's the other part of it is that's like, oh my gosh, they're just getting it. Mm-hmm. And we've been saying this for so long and it's taken seeing a man or seeing these people on video being lynched basically for you to finally believe what we've been trying to tell you for a long time. Mm-hmm. So as what the, I guess the first recommendation that I would, give you is first of all, to be patient with us because this is a really, really difficult time. Um, A lot of us are hurting. A lot of us are angry. A lot of us are just, we're just trying to deal with our own emotions right now. Our own, we're we're still trying to, to, to live. I mean, you and I are work colleagues. I still had to work for the past two weeks. I still needed to focus on the work that needed to be done. I couldn't allow my grief, my, the the fears that I may have about my own children. I couldn't allow that to keep me from doing the work that I needed to do. So, um, so be patient. Um, I would say reach out to your black friends, acquaintances, neighbors, but I want to tell you to reach out in a very specific way. Mm -hmm in a way that actually will be beneficial to the person that you're reaching out to. And this is what I, this is how I want you to reach out to them. First of all, just let them know that you're with them Um, and let them know that you're with them for the long haul. Um, 
and resist centering yourself in the communication. Mm-hmm. Can you get into what that means? Because I think that's really important, especially for people that don't even know they are centering themselves. Well, I'll, I'll tell you, um, and I've had lots of people to reach out to me and centering yourself looks like this. And this is the normal response. It's That's why I'm specifically saying this is you reach out and instead of making it about, oh my gosh, how are you doing? What can I do for you? It becomes, oh my goodness, I feel so terrible. I can't believe I'm just learning about this. Oh, you're making it about your feelings and everything that you're going through. I mean, one lady in particular contacted me and it was almost like her own personal therapy session as she began to tell me everything she was going through and feeling. And I was like, "Mm, I thought she was checking in on me. Mm -hmm. Um, So um, we cannot bear right now. We cannot bear your burdens on top of what we're going through. And Mm -hmm. I think if you think about if you were contacting a friend who had just gone through something difficult, they lost someone, you would have the awareness that right now they need you. And so that's what I would say right now. We need you. We, we cannot take, we cannot, uh, it's not our job to now make you feel better about the fact that you feel really bad and sad. And maybe you feel really guilty about being white. Mm-hmm. Please don't place that burden. Right. Please don't place that burden on us to make you feel better. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. As a matter of fact, I want you to sit in that, that discomfort. Um, I was telling Tish, telling you earlier today about um, my, my best friend, you know, we call each other sisters and she is, she's white lady. She's about as white as she can be. You look at the two of us and you never put us together, but we just, we're like soul sisters. We love each other so much. Um, And, um, and one of the things she told me this weekend was that she felt judged being white. She felt so terrible. She just, she cried on the phone with me on FaceTime with me. And, um, and she was just like, I just feel judged that, you know, people see me because I'm white. They just assume that I'm, you know, this, that, and the other. And I told her, and I, and this is somebody I love and I do not want to see her hurting and she does not want to see me hurting either. I said, I want you to sit with that. Mm-hmm. I want you to sit in that feeling of feeling judged mm-hmm. because you're white. Yeah. I said, because yeah. that's our reality all the time. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and I like, you know, we, we talked earlier about this idea that, um, white, because our entire culture is built for white people, we're not even aware of the centering and we're not even aware of um, how we make things about us until we feel that discomfort. And we don't do a good job sitting in discomfort. We we don't have a good historical record of, of holding onto that open loop and just sitting with it. And I think um, you're saying that is exactly what I need to hear because it's so tempting for us to want to do A, B, and C and then feel like we did something. And as as well-intentioned as that might be, that's still about us. It's still about us feeling better. Yes. And I appreciate you saying that because a lot of times you don't even, even realize that even your reaching out is about you. 
Mm-hmm. Um, even the, I'm just, I just have to tell you, I'm just so sorry. I'm just so, so sorry can be a way of saying, I'm not a bad white person. I'm one of the good ones. And still, and so that's about you again. And so I want when you're, when you're reaching out and, and listen, we all, you know, think about ourselves. It's not that black people don't do the same thing in some ways. Um, but as you reach out to your, your friends and acquaintances, resist the urge to make it about you mm-hmm. and resist the, the urge to want to resolve this thing quickly. And that's why I said, let your friends, let your black friends and acquaintances know I'm in here. I'm in it with you for the long haul, because to be honest with you, it means very little to me or your black friends to say, oh, my gosh, I'm so sorry. This is so terrible. Tell me what to do. Because we're like, yeah, you might do something today and next week, but then six months a year, two years, five years from now, you're back to your comfortable life. You did that one little thing that now you're like, woohoo, yay, I helped with racism. I can go on to my life again. And then nothing has changed mm-hmm. and we're still living in it. And I think that's important because we so often white people think of it as a news item. A, a thing that they hear about. And because they hear about it, they think now is the time to act. It's much harder to do the mundane work when it's kind of boring. It's not, yeah. you know, splashy headline worthy. It's showing up and doing the work day in and day out. And we're, we're not the best at that. We do not have a good track record of that. Yeah. And it's, 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 this is a, a marathon, not a sprint. Um, you're not going to just, Oh, all you have to do is, a, B, and C, and we're going to get rid of racism. Mm-hmm. It's going to take a lot of work. It's going to take um, perseverance. It's going, I want to ask ask your listeners to hang in there with us. Hang in there with us when you're trying to do the, you're, you're reaching out and we're, we're frustrated because things aren't moving fast enough. Um, I want you to hang in there when it looks like nothing is changing because the reality is, that's what we've had to do. We have to hang, like, we don't get the the privilege of saying, you know what? This isn't happening. Nothing's happening. Let's just go on with life because this is our life. So mm-hmm. we have to continue to hang in there and remain hopeful. Mm-hmm. And I would just, mm-hmm. just pray for us. Pray. Mm-hmm. Pray. If you're a person who prays, pray for us. We, we need your prayers. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's also helpful to remember. I mean, we pray on a global scale and a nationwide scale because of the things that we see that need. um, We see the rights that we see the wrongs that need writing. However, we also need to pray for you guys and our our brothers and sisters and our colleagues and our work friends just individually as people, the mental health, the emotional health, the safety of, of your kids. You have two boys that I think about frequently these days. Thank you. Um, you know, and, and girls too. Um, we have to pray in a way that white people don't have to think about it. We just don't. And it's not our fault in the, it's not something that I created, but it's something that I am unaware of unless I am very intentional about. Right. It's not something you're personally, um, 
respond like you it's not your fault personally so um yeah you're right and i i appreciate your prayers i do i'll be right back with alicia in just a minute all right really quickly i want to give a big thanks to liquid iv for sponsoring this show for me here in texas it is full-on summer weather and the temperatures are just going up and that means staying hydrated is even more important and even more difficult I'm going to guess that you already know that anytime you sweat, you're losing more than just water. There's vitamins and minerals being lost too. Well, Liquid IV has a quick, easy, and healthy fix for staying hydrated, which is great because our health is really, really dependent on being hydrated. With Liquid IV pouches, you simply add your favorite flavor to 16 ounces of water and you'll hydrate yourself two to three times faster and more efficiently than water alone. And plus, you'll get the added bonuses of vitamin C, B3, B6, and B12. And unlike a lot of other sports drinks and enhanced waters, Liquid IV is made without all that extra sugar, artificial flavors, and preservatives. Kyle has really been relying on Liquid IV lately to stay hydrated because he works outside every day. And there's been a couple of days recently when he didn't get his Liquid IV packets until later in the day, and it was amazing how much better he felt. Yeah, that brain fog you get from losing vitamins and water, that's a real thing. So you can find Liquid IV nationwide at Target, Costco, and Whole Foods stores, or simply go to liquidiv.com and use the code GOODLIST at checkout and you'll get 25% off. So one more time, that's liquidiv.com and use the promo code GOODLIST, all one word, and you'll get 25% off. A big shout out to StoryWorth. So Father's Day is coming up and StoryWorth has created a really amazing product that just makes a great gift. When you give a subscription to StoryWorth, your dad will receive weekly story prompts and he'll be asked questions you've never thought to ask. Questions like, what's one of the riskiest things you've ever done? Or what have been some of your life's greatest surprises? He'll be emailed one question a week, and then after a year, StoryWorth will take all these stories he shared, as well as any uploaded photos, and bind it all into a great keepsake book. So whether or not you're able to spend Father's Day with your dad in person, it's a chance to hear and preserve all those great stories he has from his own life that you'll want to keep for future generations. Who knows what great things you'll learn for the first time about your dad or other relatives and friends. And the story prompts are great conversation topics whenever you do eventually connect. I gave my dad a subscription a while back, and I really cannot wait to read his stories. I'm sure he's mentioned all the dogs he's had since his childhood, but it'll be good to also read stories that he just might not have thought to share with me. So to give your dad a really meaningful gift this year with StoryWorth, go to storyworth.com slash Tish, and you'll save $10 off your first purchase. That's storyworth.com slash Tish, that's T-S-H, no I, to receive $10 off. It's the perfect Father's Day gift this year. Okay, we're back. So um, <laughs> what's funny is I can I can feel even the tension with people listening right now thinking, okay, you're telling me don't try and find something to do. Just sit in the discomfort. Yeah, what can I do? <laughs> I, I, that's no, just there, what I guess. <laughs> there are things you can do, but I, I mm-hmm. wanted to say that as the first thing. It's just, right. first of all, know that whatever you're doing now um, – that's not going to fix the problem. Mm-hmm. So we want you to be with us. We want you to lament with us. Um, and so, so that's so that's one thing. Um, the next thing I want you to do is I want you to educate yourself. So that is so important because part of the reason you just heard it and seen, even though it's been here for 
hundreds of years is because of a lack of awareness. And so there are certain things that are at work that are beneficial for you that that keeps you from being able to see things. It, it's actually beneficial to you to not see them. So educate yourself. A um, couple things I would recommend. Robin D'Angelo has some great materials. If you, if you Google her, she's written a book called White Fragility. She has great videos and it really helps you to understand some of the ways in which uh, white people respond when these types of things are brought up and how you're just blind to it. You just can't see it because I'll, I'll let you, I'll, I'll let you listen to the materials. It's just some great material. Um, she talks about racism. And what we find is that when you don't understand racism, the, most white people have a very simplistic definition of racism, which includes, okay, there's a bad person with with malicious intent that seeks to harm a black person, a Latino or, you know, some other person of color versus like it's much deeper and more insidious than that. So spend some time learning about racism. Robin D'Angelo is a great resource um, and her book and, and great videos. I love her videos and be the bridge has lots of resources for you to um, educate yourself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Latasha Morrison has done an amazing work with that. I'm really, really impressed. And I was just looking and it they've got stuff for youth, so for teens. And you were even saying that maybe even some college students, I'm not quite sure I'll look into that. And it looks like there's some classes you can take, um, and especially the summer over Zoom. Yeah, I think they have a whiteness intensive course where you really mm-hmm. learn about about what whiteness is. Yeah. And so um so I think their their re- most recent class has like filled up. I mean, people are just hungry yeah. for understanding and I that's exciting to me. We just don't want this to be like a fad and then, you know, everybody kind of, oh wow, I learned all this stuff and this was great and then mm-hmm. back to life is normal. So mm-hmm. right, right. Keep pushing through, keep keep stay with us in the long haul. Mhm. Another thing that you can do is support organizations that are fighting injustice. There are organizations who have been on the front lines, who have been deeply, um, they've just done some great work. Um, A couple of them, Be the Bridge is one. Um, EJI, which stands for Equal Justice Initiative, I think. Mm -hmm. Yep. Brian Stevens, if you're familiar, Stevens' son, is it Stevens' son? Yeah, Stevens' son. Yep. Stevens' son, yeah. He wrote the book Just Mercy, the, the movie that came out recently, Just Mercy, is about him and some of his work. So I would um, highly recommend that you support their work. Um, NAACP, you can support their work. So financially support their work. Also, if you go to their websites, um, EJ, EJI.org, um, International Justice Initiative. They also have a wealth of resources for understanding all the way back to the time of slavery. They have just they have a museum. They have a, a memorial, um, the called the Lynching Memorial, mm-hmm. and so there's just a wealth of resources. And I recommend that for anybody to read. I've I've looked at the resources and I've learned a lot as well. Hmm. Okay. 
That's good. Yeah, I, I'm a huge, huge Brian Stevenson fan. Um, you know, we read Just Mercy in high school class this year. And from what I understand, for the month of June, the movie is streaming for free on all sorts of platforms. So I, I would. Yeah. So I think it's a great time to watch that movie, um, even with your kids. So, yeah. Yeah. Um, I'm curious just because some of the listeners are parents, if mm-hmm. you have any thoughts for um, parents and what we can do with our kids. Yes. Um, I will tell you that one of the most problematic things that I have seen parents do, and it is probably your parents that generation um, in response to the racism that happened back in the sixties. And I've had people to actually tell me this, their parents said, Oh my goodness, that cannot be. So we're going to go to the opposite extreme of we're going to be colorblind. Mm -hmm. We're not going to see color. We're just all a part of the human race. And actually that is actually harmful. So what I would say is don't teach your children to be colorblind. Teach your children to see us and every ethnicity, see us as like, I want to be seen as a black woman. Just like you wouldn't walk around and say, I don't want you to see gender. I don't want you to see that someone is male or like, no, I want you to see that I'm a woman. It's okay to see like, that's, that's part of who I am. I want you to see me as a black woman as well. Mm -hmm. So um, appreciate and celebrate who we are. Don't erase who we are. So don't mm-hmm. be colorblind. And just the things that you're learning, um, share these things with your children. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, just yeah. there's lots of there are lots of resources out there that books. Um, another thing that that you may not even think about is just start um, ordering or going to the library and buying books with people of color centered. Mm-hmm. in the stores right. and just per, like, you know, if you're, your kids are young, have those books, buy mm-hmm. books that talk about what things were like for, for our ancestors. And then just talk about those stories and, and allow your children to be sad too. Because, yeah. Yeah. It's, that's, it's good to be sad and angry over things that are not right. Mm-hmm. That's a good mm-hmm. thing. That's a good point. I think we want to kind of tie everything up in a pretty bow, even for our kids, maybe especially for our kids. And and we forget that that's part of the process that, you know, it, it shows that um, it's a God-given desire in each of us for justice, for for things to be as they should be and they're not yet. <laughs> and yeah. we have hope that they will be. And you mentioned that I, I, I loved our lunch conversation because you ended with saying that you are hopeful. And I think that's encouraging for people to hear because that's surprising maybe. Yeah, I am hopeful. My hope comes from, um, I'm a believer in Christ Jesus. Um, I believe that he has the power to overcome. Actually, I believe he's, he's already overcome every single evil, every wrong that's ever been done. And I, be, I, I work from a place of like, I am victorious. And it's, it's, I work from a place of like, the victory's promised. We just have to do the work to see it come to fruition. Mm-hmm. So that, that is my hope. My hope mm-hmm. is in him. Um, I, I, I'm hopeful just seeing that though we've seen things like this happen before, 
wow, people are finally like there's something different about this time. And that gives me hope as well. Yeah. 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 I saw that quote from Will Smith about racism isn't increasing. It's just getting filmed. Um, (laughs) And I don't know. That's that. I mean, it's frustrating to me that so many of us are seeing it or or finally believing it, even if we've heard it just because it's on video and yet people are believing it. And that is something good. I guess. Yeah. 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 I mean, I'd rather, I mean, it would be worse if they weren't believing. So I'm very, I'm grateful. I am so, so grateful Mm. that um, finally it seems like the veil has been lifted and now it's like, okay, let's go to work now. Let's go to work. One thing that I shared with you earlier, and I I want to appeal to your, to your listeners. Um, We need you. We need, we need our white brothers and sisters. We need you. We can't eradicate this on our own because, frankly, if we could, it would have been done a long Mm -hmm. time ago. Mm -hmm. We need you guys to come alongside of us and to work with us and to listen to us because we've been in this fight for a long time. We understand this far better than you do. Mm -hmm. I say that not out of any sense of arrogance or pride. It's just we we we're 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 experientially familiar. It's it we have an invested interest in understanding it, learning about it. And we've we've been in this fight for a long time. So we want you to come alongside of us, but we want you to come from a posture of humility. Mm-hmm. And so that means just again, decentering yourself, listening, and saying, How can I help? Yeah. Like that's that's the position. How can I help? And you mentioned earlier too, lamenting instead of like when, when someone shares their story and that's another form of not making it about you, but be, we need to be careful with how we even respond um, that you're not here to share your life story with us. We're here to sit and listen. And it's not, the burden is not placed on you or should not be placed on you. Absolutely. But the tendency, and I've seen this over and over again, um, a a person of color shares an experience they've had that is that they're frustrated about, that they're hurting over. And, and, and I've experienced this even with my really, really good friends, they immediately turn it around. Oh, well, that's just like when I experienced and you're like, Oh my gosh, they just Mm -hmm. made it about them. (laughs) Mm -hmm. So um, I, it's, it is such a gift. I will tell you, it is such a gift to just, to just have, a white brother or sister come alongside and like listen with humility. And when you again, come from a posture of humility of like, I don't know what it's like. I'm not going to say it's like when I, mm-hmm. I'm just going to listen to you and, and I, I receive whatever you want to give me. And if you're tired and you can't give me anything right now, that is okay. But just know I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. That's good. And I think, a good way to wrap this up is something you shared a few days ago that I, I was thinking about on the drive home today, um, that this is harmful for us white people too. This is, this is harmful in ways that we are not aware. And so this is necessary for us too. And it's not about us. And and we're not the ones, we're in the place of privilege, but it's, this is harming us as well. 
Absolutely. Um, whiteness, white supremacy, racism, injustice harms everyone. Mm-hmm. Absolutely everyone is harmed. The problem is you don't recognize that you're being harmed. Right. And when we were talking about this a few days ago, I said, you can go through your entire life. White people can go through their entire life and position themselves where they never have to encounter a person of color. You can live in your neighborhoods. You can pick schools. You can just fashion your life in such a way that you're just always in your white bubble. And you never even know you're missing anything. You think, I have a great life. I feel safe, comfortable. My children are in great. And you have insulated yourself in a place where you're missing out on things that will make your life people that will make your life richer perspectives that will make your life better. You don't know what you're missing because you're missing it. And so I really want to encourage, I, you know, um, encourage you that this is hurting you, hurting you in ways that you don't realize. Not only are you missing out on some things, but you have an unawareness of things that you're doing that actually are harmful to you. Again, educate yourself. You're going to you're going to start to see some things in yourself that you just you're just blind to. And um, and mm-hmm. and and when I because I've been in so many spaces where I've been the only black, I can see it very clearly. But you you, you can't. Yeah. 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 And I think, you know, as people stop wrap up this episode and we think, OK, I'm going to educate myself. I'm going to put in the show notes links to books and organizations that you've mentioned because these places have already done so much of the work. So whenever you do want to talk to your friends of color, don't ask, where should I go? What's the first thing I should do? Because so many people have done the great work for us, for the world, um, that when we do talk to our friends, we need to be in a posture of lament and in a posture of um, caring for our friend as a friend and not as a resource as well intentioned as we might be. Yeah. 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 And I want to, I hope that we could add to the, um, to the resources as well. Um, just those or support those organizations. But I, I, I kind of want to just end by saying, listen, you posted on your social media. I'm so sorry. And I'm with you. Doesn't change racism. Mm-hmm. Even calling your friend and saying, I'm with you. Doesn't change racism. What changes racism and injustice is changing the laws, upsetting the systems that are in place that allow these things to stay intact. And so I want to challenge your listeners to support policies that allow everyone to thrive. Mm -hmm. And when you're in your own bubble of whiteness, you don't realize you support policies that allow you and your children to thrive, but you don't realize it's at the expense of black people and other people of color. Mm -hmm. So I want to challenge you to think about the policies and the government leaders that you support. Yeah. Yeah. That's an excellent point and an excellent way to end because, um, like we've said, when you're fish and you're in the water, you don't even know what water is. And I think that's the case with us. Um, those of us who live in this country that are white, we are not aware of the water. And um, because it's systemic, we need to 
be mindful of the water. And if it's, if it's causing our brothers and sisters to drown and to choke, then we need to be part of changing that water. We can't just say, oh, well, it's not best for my family. We need to, especially those of us that are believers. Right. Right. Yeah. Thank well, you so much. Thank you so much, Tish. Um, I, you know, I hope that this was helpful to people and I hope that they hear my heart that this was not to heap more guilt or on you or to make you feel terrible for being white or anything like that. Um, I love white people. I love all people. I wouldn't be on this interview if I didn't love, <laughs> love white people. Um, and really, I hope I hope that it just gives you a little bit of insight. And I hope that it actually helps my white, my black brothers and sisters that you want to reach out to um, so that you don't cause more pain for them. Yeah. Well, you're one of the most gracious and wise people I know. So I'm grateful for your leadership. Um, I'm, I'm grateful for your voice and for your leadership because you do it so well. So thank you for that. Thank you so much. Thank you so, so, so much to Alicia for taking the time after a couple of very long work weeks to talk to us here on the pod. And please join me in prayer for her, her husband and their four kids. I've also got links in the show notes to the things she talked about. Robin D'Angelo's work, Be the Bridge, Equal Justice Initiative, and more. Please check them out. Be the Bridge especially has a great getting started page, so I'll link to that as well. I'm on Twitter at Tish and sometimes on Instagram at Tish Oxenreiter. And you can also find a transcript in the show notes of this episode, number 34, and all episodes at thegoodlistshow.com. That's also where you can find stuff to things like my newsletter, books, workshop, and more. So again, thanks to Alicia for sharing with us. Music for the show is by Kevin McLeod. And thanks, as always, to Caroline Tissell and Kyle Oxenreiter for their help, as well as my furry intern, Ginny. I'm Tish Oxenreiter, and I'll be back with you soon. Thanks for listening to The Good List.